0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet,
1: That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals, 508 508- You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, time for DiPietro Debate. Joining me, one of my siblings, joining us, I should say. She is uh, Donna Perry, who is a columnist with the Sun Chronicle. And uh, DJ, I'd like to start off with um, what last week uh, was a bad week for the state of Rhode Island. The fact that the state seemingly went backwards, hot with the virus and causing a lot of confusion with uh, especially that nearby Massachusetts and it even went so far as you think about it Governor Baker even had to say you know okay I guess that's okay people from Rhode Island can come and shop for groceries in Massachusetts so I'd like to start off and, and get your thoughts on just last week with the two states and where that leaves us right now.
2: Yes, and uh, good to be with you, J.D. Um, I I think part of what's going on here is that, you know, they had talked a while ago, uh, and there was um, steps toward more of like a regional approach to how they're going to handle, you know, the back and forth between the two states and really several of the New England states. And I think by making this now, like Massachusetts, we don't want you, Rhode Island, Rhode Island, like we, we don't want you or you come in and you can't use our shoreline, the beaches and all that, Um, I think, number one, as you say, very confusing to people and it's frustrating to people and it's just not really practical. Um, And so what happened was by saying that, and a lot of people live between the two borders, Baker had to come back out, kind of correct it and say, well, okay, like if you live Uh, you know, when you live near Seekonk and you're, I don't know, in East Providence and you come over and use the stop and shop plaza, you certainly can do that. Come in where you mask shop and go home. So, but I think it just lends this thing. And now people in mass, and I know myself, I think, well, okay, there goes it. I won't go near Rhode Island beach. And, you know, certainly you can't park or you'll have police chasing you or something if you have a mass plate. So I, I just think that as we're kind of creeping toward the end of the summer and they they the fact that they still can't have maybe more of a regional cross-border state approach jd we're many months into this i i think it it feels demoralizing to people and that's why i think what happens with these governors uh baker and raimondo is then they get you know they get very um angry is what they see as maybe not cooperation of the public. But then the public sees these kinds of things, and they just feel like it's just, you know, it makes no sense. And again, you know, these are very small states, relatively speaking. And so people do a lot of the cross border stuff. I mean, they have explained, well, okay, if you work toward... Boston or greater Boston and you live in Rhode Island, that's okay. Now you're going to have the issue of people bringing kids to college campuses and there's tons of them in mass. Now he calls that transitory travel. So that's okay. But I don't know if that's like clear to people, by the way, like you got to really read in the granular detail. And by the way, I don't know if Rhode Island has made that distinction. So in other words, if you are from New Jersey, and you're bringing your kid to a campus around, you know, Mass or Boston or uh, you know, Worcester's a lot of schools. Then you know you're not considered that you've spent time in the state. You can unload your student and and then leave, and there's no issue of oh go go back and quarantine. And I think those things are just it's just continuing to be sometimes impractical. And I think in the case of Rhode Island where they really are going to start seeing the impact of this massive loss of revenue, J.D. And I think you've been pointing this out. I mean, really, they've just destroyed what was left of the summer for a lot of the coastal restaurants and and these little hotels and B&Bs. I don't know how they can survive.
0: What does it say that um, as that came down, that Rhode Island became the outlier from... Uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and even Massachusetts. And, you know, for all this talk about working together, and at one point yeah. it was supposed to be like a Northeast coalition of states, that, that Governor Mundo, you know, I don't know, was not communicating enough with those governors, especially, as I've kind of talked about, in many ways this breaks off into two different states. The The high infection rate is in the, in the urban core, which is Providence and Pawtucket Central Falls, Block Island had zero cases. Narragansett had zero cases. I don't understand why you couldn't almost make it and explain to them that if someone's going to Newport, Narragansett or Block Island, they're not then venturing into Providence and Central Falls.
2: Right. And that's a great point. Um and, and that they're they're on the highway and then they you know, if they're going out to like you say, South County or, or Newport and or certainly down and get the ferry or whatever. To Block Island. I, I just think that there's been also just this kind of, um, there's, there's a couple of questions too about what is the Rhode Island's true positivity rate. Maybe yes. you've been addressing that. And I think that's going to end up worth a lot of investigation because you see these differing numbers and you wonder, do the States through the CDC, are they seeing a positivity rate in Rhode Island as an overall number that maybe the public, isn't really understanding that, and I, I have been following that a little bit. Where on the surface, mass has there They kind of got it a little better to one point nine percent. Rhode Island technically reports itself as two point three percent. So you'd think, well, those are very similar. But then there's that report that's saying, depending on how you look at the new cases, Rhode Island, which is to your point, Central Falls, Pawtucket, Rhode Island is actually more like a six percent positivity rate. And I think that's what hit the red light from the CDC right. to, put, to put Rhode Island as an outlier. So I think what, these are, are questions again for Dr. Scott and how are you reporting that? And It's having a real impact on the state.
0: What do you make of the fact that you have two states side by side? And once again, Rhode Island, it's no more than 15 people gathering. If you see more than 15, you're supposed to call this hotline and alert them that your neighbor's having more than 15 people but I believe Massachusetts, 50 people. I think that's one of those things. Again, it just it right. doesn't make sense to the public. Why do you have two states side by side? And, and that's a big difference, 15 to 50. A
2: couple of things, um, I think, with that. First of all, Baker, for whatever reason, they, the heat, they got masks going with uh, strong enforcement of mask wearing, I thought, very early. And they've been actually very successful with that. Um, and the other thing I would point out is there have been smatterings, but you don't have a regular protest group uh, doing around Boston with what right. I'm seeing in Providence. I think that's a very distinct, it's a difference. And I think I, the Ramondo and Mayor Alorsa, I don't know how much longer they can get away with that, John.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I,
2: I just don't see how you can have this I would say it's like a complete constitutional question of, of where you are selectively applying the law. Um, And that's with, with that whole group. But in terms of, like you say, he, Baker has gone to, he had a hundred was the count for um, allowable uh, groups outside. And then they went to 50. Um, And so again, you know, the narrative that's taken place over the past Month, really, has been this issue of oh people's parties is what is driving up this the little bit of the spike, and it really is a relatively small spike. I think a lot of it does have to do with the summer and the weather, and people are cooped up and I think you will hopefully see that kind of you know moderate um as we're just a few weeks to labor day and thankfully, a lot of young people have the right and they're going to return to a college campus so but for Rhode Island to go back to what is it 15 outside or
0: something yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's a huge difference go ahead
2: yeah and I would just end with that like I think in that way by being so prohibitive um I see I think she encourages in a way like the the just the cheating on it or people just not cooperating and and because that's what's been happening they're demoralized and they are just past the point um of, of really maybe listening to this. And um, that doesn't mean they're wishing for someone else to have a, you know, very bad encounter with this virus. Um, But I do think that you almost set up a more of a contentious uh, environment than you need to do by having like a snitch hotline, which Mass does not have. But he, he did though. He took it up a step a notch because he has now empowered Sir, police to have the right to say only for the purpose of okay or whatever and rent them and you got like uh you know fifty eight teenagers running around your yard. They have a right for the police to go knock on a door and say, "I'm sorry, you're over the limit," and you know go and and handle it that way.
0: Folks, uh, coming up a lot more with Donna Perry, columnist of the Sun Chronicle. Uh, we're going to cover a lot more right here on the John DePietro Show.
1: That's 401 321 2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Right now, I'll bet you could
0: use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks over 40 years' experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401-434-8900. Leo has over 40 years experience. It's V-E-R-O, Vero Industries. They will buy gold, silver, other precious metals, old, broken, new, silverware, jewelry, serving trays, tea, coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now? Sell it and get that cash that you need. Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401 Impeccable reputation. Folks, they know the industry better than anyone, and they'll give you what it's worth. Your gold, silver. Also, a buyer of individual coins, coin collections, watches, half-earring pieces, and much more. Call Leo at Vero Industries. Why not get some cash right now for that gold, silver, and other precious metals? Call Leo, 401-434-8900. 8900 weekend evening appointments are available to locations or at your location their location two locations east providence and warwick call them vero industries 401-434-8900 listen get cash for that gold silver other precious metals you have call leo 401-434-8900 one more time 434 8,900. You're listening to the John DePietro show with us is Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle. Let's um, let's go to the presidential front. Uh, as we are speaking right now, it is apparently imminent that former Vice President Joe Biden is going to announce his selection to be his VP. And the last and latest I saw was the New York Times said it's supposed to be Midweek could be today, could be Tuesday, could be Wednesday. But some of the strongest contenders have been Senator Camilla Harris, Susan Rice, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, that Governor Gretchen Whitmer of uh, Michigan. But then the team have also closely considered uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois, Governor um, uh, of New Mexico, Representative Karen Bass, Val Demings. There is a story that even Governor Raimondo did meet with them. But Donna Perry, this uh, this certainly is going on longer than people initially thought. It's it's tough to tell if it's going to be someone outside of that crowd that we uh, that, the, the, that I just mentioned. It's definitely going to be female. Now it seems to be. Is it going to be um, a, a woman of color or it is going to be maybe like an Elizabeth Warren or the governor of Michigan? What is what is your thought on the latest now with this this Biden uh, Biden VP selection?
2: Well, I would note that for a guy who has not exactly kept up the busiest presidential campaign trail schedule um that we've ever seen, the yeah. fact that he, you know, he keeps missing his own self-imposed deadlines of who's the announcement, um I, I think might tell you a little bit something of like how Team Biden operates. Number one, um, I also think that they have now stepped in it a little bit, and I think that there's infighting already underway okay. pri- prior to the announcement of who it's going to be. And what what that means is that you know for months now they they really set it up, and they've allowed a lot of the progressive corner to say, not you. Sh- we suggest that you pick a black female contender and there are many you know certainly that would be qualified to do that you must do it and there was there's been headlines to that effect there's new york times pieces and you know all kinds of people writing here and there about and saying it it must be so now they've set themselves up to it must be uh or there's going to be a lot of backlash so Number 1 the fact that he's gone from it was originally August 1, that was going to be this weekend JD right now we're okay Tuesday and then midweek you know very loose deadlines I and then they have their convention coming up. So I would say at this point though by all the reporting I question if Harris is going to be the pick but her name certainly still stays high up there. Susan Rice I think remains the high a high contender. Um, I don't think Val Demings of Florida can be said to be out of it because she really has the backing of Jim Clyburn, who I would keep an eye. I mean, he's the guy who really yep. almost got Biden to where he is. That's right. And in terms of uh, Ramondo and Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan, um, you know, I, I think it's very notable. And you reported this more than anyone. I mean, the fact that Ramondo remained on short lists is you know, is very notable, and I, would, you know, certainly um, she deserves you know credit to be seen in that stratosphere. Um, I think she is viewed as a, a future national figure for the party. I don't think it's her time in this climate, though. That's I don't, and I think um, the fact that Whitmere keeps showing up on a short list, I don't know what that is about like i don 't know if it's about they're going to get very practical and they think she can deliver the midwest and i right. I think there's a lot of younger progressive energy in the in that party j d that really doesn 't fully understand stuff like that. I mean you, you have to deliver certain states or you don't become the president right. um, and so the fact that people think, Oh, Whitmer, how could she be on the list and she 's a white female. Well, I'll tell you, you know, they they are looking at state by state vote counts. Now, whether she is strong and could deliver those states, I think that's a different question. Um, So, you know, it is probably within the next 48 hours. um, But I and I think in this kind of a case where he is seen as, let's face it, very older uh, in the game at this point and maybe feeble, I think this is a VP pick that's going to matter bigger than it might have. Um, people could view this person as someone who could step in and be the president. So that really matters. And Team Trump is going to absolutely go the wall with whoever it is and say, oh, this could be your next president. What do you, yes. what do you think about that? Um, so for a couple of those factors, though, I, I wouldn't discount Demings of Florida. And again, when you talk about the value of a state, That that Florida, as you and I've talked about many times, is is really key to that electoral college uh, map number. And you know, I don't think there's much of a way for Trump to lose Florida unless they think Demings and a ton of energy in the South could get the black vote very high in Florida. That that could be a contender against Trump. And I, I absolutely could see where there's. A lot of logic around that so i wouldn't i wouldn't say she's out of it and she the fact that she to me has been almost invisible sometimes can tell you something else is going on you know she's actually not been visible in the past weeks or whatever
0: what about the fact that you made mention of black leaders to biden you know you're gonna once again pressing him to name a black woman as his running mate that um you know that that remains to be seen but i I agree with you i think that's dangerous that you've waited this long and the group is that vocal with their demand that i i think if the biden camp if they don't do that they're gonna have a problem
2: yeah and i think they've now they're in that corner they're in a box um you have someone who's a very prominent like van jones i think was part of he had been obama's guy he's always on cnn and he they sent a hundred person signed letter to the campaign the last 48 hours. Well, that's real sloppy by Team Biden, John, that you're not behind the scenes. You know that constituency is hugely invested in this. And the fact that they felt they needed to press it and make it obviously really public, then it's a public fight. Van Jones is going as far as saying, from what I've seen, that technically if they fail to pick the black VP, they very much could lose the election. I mean, they're actually taking it to that level um, because what he's saying is if you look at vote counts that, you know, the part of the Obama years was that he turned out the black vote in a way that you, they had really never seen before. And often it is not a vote level that, you know, you can count on. And he's saying in this year, with all that's occurred, that if the If the black vote feels demoralized or let down, they could just sit it out. So the fact that they're laying the stakes that high at Biden, um, you know, I I think it's sloppy that it's kind of come to this. And I, I also think it's troubling for Biden going forward. And I think it gives Team Trump an argument, J.D., because they can say, well, obviously, they can corner Biden into decisions that maybe he didn't want to make. Right. But, you know, they, they can corner him and say it's this or else. You know what I mean? And I think that's not uh, a great way to look at a future president, like that he can be just shoved into a decision. And I think that's an asset for Trump, you know, to use as an argument later.
0: What do you think it says that the fact we're living in a time you have the terrible unrest and chicago and portland and then even there's president trump the president of the united states at a briefing and suddenly is rushed off the podium by the secret service because in fact there was a shooting in the area i i i I just don't how do you think that plays with the voters or does it even play with the voters
2: well that that thing happened so sudden and so quickly but obviously the secret service thought it was that serious and i mean then we had the um you know, you have the optics of the Secret Service with the you know, uh with the AK forty seven. He's up on the roof of the White House. I caught one image like that. I, I think that's very sobering to people. I think that is part of what has come out of this environment where you have a lot of these Democrats who almost let's, you know, kind of winking and cheering on some of this, you know, anarchy rioting, J.D. And so they've and what have they done? They've emboldened that kind of an element that yep. says there's no rules. All bets are off. There's no borders. It doesn't matter that it's the periphery of the White House. And, you know, and and so someone and we don't have the full story or I don't at this second, but someone decided that they could go that far. And I, I do think it's unnerving that that occurred. There's. um. I mean, there's a hashtag around of interrupt Trump, which I think was more about, you know, verbally. But then, you know, you see this kind of a thing and you wonder, is there like this whole other kind of, uh, you know, underhanded strategy going on? And it's very dangerous, Mr. President. And and um, I do think, you know, if you have some emboldened protester They will find out the Secret Service and the periphery of the White House. They mean business and they're not going to ask you a nice question and they're not going to call you a peaceful protester. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to shoot first and then, you know, see what happened.
0: So folks coming up uh, a lot more. We are going to touch on the Trump campaign and also the situation with the schools. It's all ahead with Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true some of the uh, protesters they did they damaged my vehicle they broke the window on the side of my car so what did i do i brought it to west fountain auto body and you can call them today 272-3340 i had to get it fixed it was obviously damaged they also damaged part of the door and so i took it to west fountain i called kenny at west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 it's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340. 272-3340. The original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body.
2: web at www.innovast.com.
0: You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her 305-3585. 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And It's My Health. At 1099 Menon Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And, folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to DePetro Debate. Um Donna Perry, let's let's touch on the Trump campaign. Uh obviously, the full court press um, he's doing the the briefings they're not doing worse than they were doing they need some dynamic to change I think obviously the you know not having the rallies has hurt the president but how what is your thought right now on the state of the Trump campaign
2: well I will say I think he's actually had a couple of good days um, in a few directions because you know I think first of all brass tacks you know, money for people that are having a very hard year. I think um, despite the media portraying the way it uh, was rolled out over the weekend, him taking charge of this, you know, these the next COVID relief bill, whatever they're calling it, uh, negotiations, they're stalled. Nancy Pelosi, you know, makes her arguments and um, uh, Mnuchin, the Treasury guy, who I think is a very strong figure for Trump. and But they can't come to the agreement. And Trump just like went over the weekend and and signed the executive order and said, look, people need the relief. I'm going to put this in motion. And at least it's going to be like a 400 a week, um, the unemployment benefit they call the en- enhanced federal benefit. And mind you, people on top of that, J.D., they're getting their state unemployment benefit. Right. So it's not like people are being left at the curb, as a lot of the Democrats are portraying it. So um, I think that that was... A smart strategy by him. And he he you know, he jumped on them and and see it. He put them in the defensive position that Pelosi looks like she didn't get it done. And now he's done that. And I also think that the scenes of this terrible violence um, that we've seen continue and go in a different direction, whether it's Chicago, Portland, it's kind of making his case like when he would say and the media said, oh, you sending in the federal troops is what triggered it. Well, that's obviously not the case because they were pulled back when you're talking about the Northwest cities of Portland and Seattle, which are clearly lawless. not No one has control of those cities. No. Um, never mind the recent wilding looting of Chicago. So, see, I, I think all those things make the public obviously uh, unsettled and, you know, a very unsettled things to see. But I also think, it kind of, like, he's laid down this narrative that a lot of the Democratic mayors don't have good control of their cities, and they've done a lot of this very, um, like, placating and winking and saying, well, the protests are, you know, their First Amendment rights, and and I think he's just kind of beginning, his argument is beginning to be received by the wider public on that. That's right. So I, I think one other um, campaign note that I, I would say is is again you don't see the national media jd like i think biden's guys or whoever is running that it's very risky because they're almost running just like a national washington kind of campaign i know they're limited by covid but um there was one report that said they really don't have energy out in the field that means out in the states and they said the trump campaign has a huge door knocking. Imagine that right to the door. Wow. Field workers, and they have knocked on a million doors across a lot of the middle of the country. That's at least what they put out. And as far as they know, Biden has no door knocking effort. Now that's like old fashioned on the ground, real true campaigning. Um, So I thought that was notable that, you know, Um, that they are like really out there, you know, that Trump's guy, his team is just they're like out in the country, you know, and you have Biden with these um, prepackaged video tapes and CNN and everyone just dutifully puts it up. And I'm not sure, you know, where where that's I I, and I do question that. I really see the polls are tightening. I think you have been mentioning that like the national polls are tightening. I mean, no matter what, People thought it's clearly been a very rough set of months for Trump. I mean, no question about that. But, you know, I think the public, as we turn the corner into the fall, I, I just sense a different um, mentality among people taking hold. That, like, they're exhausted by the virus and yet they're feeling We have to work around it. I think that's kind of come to people's sensibility. They've accepted masks. They're like, okay, if that's going to kind of, you know, in the distancing. And so I think that, but what they don't want is to see, you know, these protest groups just like smashing around um, their cities and this, all this violence and ruining stores that can barely stay on their feet financially. So you know, I don't I don't know that, it, I think he's had actually a bit of a corner turning period for the past, you know, week or so, even though it might not be that evident from what you get from the national media.
0: I agree with you. Uh, folks, we're speaking with uh, Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle. Let's touch on the situation with schools. Uh, Massachusetts, especially some of their communities are pushing back that, you know, it should be full in distance learning, but it is a In Rhode Island, anyway, there's just been a full concerted effort. Uh, Bob Walsh, head of the NEA Rhode Island, saying that, you know, no child should go back. There is this big debate on whether or not it's safe. But as as we've kind of touched on, Donna Perry, what what is sad to me is there are so many children that really need that daily interaction that you don't get if you're just home with the, the distance learning. And on top of that, there seems to be more of an effort to try to prevent in school than any type of effort to have them in school.
2: Absolutely. And um, here's the thing, and I've been working on a feature uh, for for the paper will be out this week, and I looked more at um, the special parents of the special needs kids, something that is lost on when the media does these very um, quick reporting and they just like take a soundbite from the union head. Listen, it will have been six months. By mid-September, schools over here in Mass are returning around the 14th or 16th of September. Six months. There are many kids who, if it's not for the school, they need that personal, in-person interaction to get very needed therapies. Especially when you're talking about this large group of autism spectrum kids. Um, They have social communication disorders. They can get zero from a computer interaction, from a remote learning. Yeah. So number one, there's that. Um, and and to say that you can't make some effort and arrange the school, and yeah, is it a lot of extra work? Yeah. Is it different and it's go- not going to be perfect? All of that is correct. There's no 100% r- risk-free in this, by the way. But they, I have talked to parents. J.D., they're exhausted. They yeah. are, and those kids have lost that there's been a lot of setback and any educator, uh, who just wants to sit there and say that is, is not being honest. And I would point to when Baker in recent days, and this is what you need to see from whether it's a mayor or Lorza or, or Romano, who I think is, you know, really trying to do some partial reopening. I mean, he shot back at the mass teachers association, uh figure who she is completely the same way and she's been pushing for remote learning and he said listen the science doesn't back you up they're not effectively learning in remote learning the science isn't there for you and everyone's talked about you know we have to follow the science in the past six months so i thought that was very significant he said you can't teach your kid to read when you're sitting on the other side of a laptop this doesn't happen So um, in in Providence, which is a massively struggled school system, as we know, to begin with and had an embarrassing, disgraceful, you know, the exposure of of the how they have failed kids for, you know, sadly, years or decades. So for those teachers to, you know, sort of um, just continue with this narrative, um, I'm sorry that they it's like malpractice. Uh, in any other profession, you'd fire all of them and replace them if they don't want to, you know, do the job. So um, again, we are living in an unusual time and nothing's perfect and the risk is not zero. But, you know, you have to attempt to get kids, even if it's two days, the hybrid plans are what pretty much has taken hold in mass. I think that, Likely's winning kind of is what'll win in a lot of the Rhode Island districts, but you do have a huge difference between a Central Falls, Pawtucket and Providence, as you say, and then when you get to suburban to Warwick, North Kingstown, East Greenwich and beyond. Um, but I think sadly, it's the urban core students JD, who need those schools the most. They're not necessarily in the most maybe settled. Uh, home, you know, they may be in a very unsettling situation. And that school is the only source of, it's not just like a physical meal, but it also might be, there is, um, proper treatment and someone is being sure that they're properly cared for, um, all of these things. And I, so I just think it's disgraceful when, you know, you have teacher unions and people walking around with signs that talk about, I'll be in a coffin. I'm sorry. That's right. that's, that's ah, disgraceful.
0: It is. And you're
2: a you're a publicly paid educator. That that's and and children see those signs. That's right. I I just I, I it's just awful and it's so irresponsible. Um and look, you know, that's the risk that everyone is facing and they've given the teachers the outs if you have a medical reason and you say I have, you know, compromised health. And I shouldn't be in the environment. I believe they have a right to, you know, then then they can go to be a remote learning, you know, whatever, um, backup person. But I don't think you should keep tens of thousands of people out of a system because you say for you it's a risk.
0: You know what else is it's you do see the private schools, for instance, uh LaSalle and Hendrick, they both like bent over backwards. Because they they have to be opened, right? Because it's right. their their private schools, and people pay to go there. Look at the difference between the public school teachers just saying it can't be done. I have to make out my will. I can't teach from the grave. Everyone's in danger. Blah blah blah. And then the public, the private schools. Uh, you know, just using as an example, like Bayview, Hendrick, and LaSalle, going the extra effort and being shown that it can be done. I I think and and one. A final thing on that is is then Walsh and some of the others are saying they don't feel anyone should go back. Forget about just Providence Protective, in Central Falls. They don't want anyone to go back. Everyone stays home. They're saying that shouldn't be revisited until January. Look at the way they're trying to say it's not just, just Providence. We don't want Block Island, Little Compton, where they're gonna teach right. under a tent. Think how ridiculous that is.
2: Well it's it's because it gives them cover. You know, they they yes. they just want to it, it gives them cover, you know. They they wanted the narrative of remote only, it would make it easier for them because they don't like these contentious fights and the pushback from the public and the pushback from parents that they are now rightfully getting. You know? So they wanted to this have this blanket decision. JD, it's wrong. Uh it it's it is least infectious to children. It doesn't matter yes. Have there been cases? Yes. I mean you have to ignore you know, the biased CNN headline that runs across the screen every morning of, you know, is a percentage of children being infected as schools reopen. I mean, that's what CNN runs every, you know, five seconds, because that that's the way yet uh, for some reason they think that's um, a helpful public service. I um, really don't think so. But that's the thing. So, you know, this has been a narrative promoted and you're going to see it for the next few weeks. You have to listen to more. I would say reasonable governor is Baker. Um, no one would say that he has been sloppy and reckless with this virus and how he's handling mass. He got very strict very quickly. But he's also saying we have to turn a corner here. You know, you have to have a partial reopening. You have to get people back into those uh, huge office buildings downtown. And I I just think Providence going forward, J.D., like, again, it's tough to see right now but, you know, the script is going to start to get written. I, I, I worry how Providence is going to come back looking at this 12 months from now. Yeah. And if you don't have leaders who can't step up and say, uh, you know, look, we we're going to have a city that's functioning. And by the way, and as you have done just tremendous reporting on this, you, you someone has to now confront the protesters and say, look. Uh, damage and looting and all this um, public, you know, destruction and standing around public officials' houses and screaming profanities at night on a public street. Guess what? You're, that's not going to be allowed. Because, see, you know, I think Providence is getting tainted with this.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And people are going to uh, very much hesitate to, uh, to go back into the city. It's, it's definitely been damaged. Donna Perry, how can people read your uh, terrific work with the Sun Chronicle?
2: Sure. So it's thesunchronicle.com. But I post everything uh, on my Facebook page, Donna Perry, and uh, Donna Perry MA1 on Twitter. And I always post it there. Um, glad to have people follow what I'm doing.
0: DJ, great job, as always. And we'll talk to you again. Great
2: to be with you. Thanks.
0: When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now i like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401 401- 710 7096 we made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at nine o'clock at five of nine a truck appeared in my driveway It said Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in fixed the driver uh, dryer excuse me within five minutes and then I think it was about two weeks later I went to make a uh, microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401-710-7096, and then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096.
1: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchels at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
0: Johnson Propane. Folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, They're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson propane, propane tanks filled. Plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your blue rhino tank. The most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson propane. Phil will refill that blue rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week. Right next door to Wendy's. Credit card's accepted. Nine to seven each day. Stop it and see Phil. And he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane. Bring in your propane tanks. Call him 621-8129. Better yet, stop in and see him. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Right in front of the stop and shop. The guy is a legend. And right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depietro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen. While we're live on the air... And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DiPietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DiPietro Show. 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and Bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call. Four three nine sixty twenty eight or online at Yankee dot com.